Initializing another cast. Engage to Shri in 3, 2, 1. take an unexpected week off even though we tend to do that all the time this one we were going to record uh last week but we got some very unfortunate news uh, a friend of ours steve zebley passed away unexpectedly um from a uh, heart attack and so needless to say it was a week that wasn't filled with a whole lot of laughs and podcasting um you know it's it's kind of a weird thing it's we're getting to that age sir you know yeah man um i i think well i mean this isn't the first of our friends that have passed but the first that have kind of passed of somewhat natural causes if you will you know what i mean i think yeah and, and well it's the first of uh, the inner circle yeah I, I think you know we haven't we've been incredibly fortunate and you know the crazy thing is i was talking to steve just Probably a month or so ago, and I was working for a guy, and I came in the next day, and he said, well, that's that's just me and one other guy now. We're, me and my friend, we're battling to see who's last man standing. And I said, what are, you, what are you talking about? He said, well, last night we went to the viewing of uh, of one of our buddies. You know, me and him were the only ones left, and this guy was probably in his 70s or something. And he said, uh, how old are you? And I told him, and he went, yeah, it started right around... Uh, Started right around your age, you know, we started losing guys and now here I am. And, and so I was talking to Steve and I was like, man, you know, we've been fortunate. Uh, we haven't lost anybody. And he said, yeah, you know, you, we really have. And, and I said, well, you know what, man, with my fucking luck, I'm the first to go. And he laughed and he went, yeah, you know, you do have terrible luck. It will be you. And he goes, and you will die a terrible death too you know that right well because i know (laughs) you know you know my luck and uh i was like yeah fuck you know you're probably right but unfortunately well i guess i don't know i don't know what is the right thing to say there but here we are and it wasn't me um you know and steve was a just a great great dude you know the the guy that would always come to help you out if you needed a helping hand with something you didn't even have to ask he'd just be there you know yeah and it's hit my kids really hard. Um, you know, that was one of the things my son said. He was like, you know, the weird thing is about this one. He's like, you know, uh, Steve was always the first guy. As soon as something went wrong, he was the first guy to be there. And he was like, and now he's not because the terrible thing that happened is is Steve being gone, you know. And my daughter just, you know, at the viewing just broke down. She lost it. And, you know, it's just been rough. And, you know, the guy had a huge impact on everybody. I mean, uh, you know, in our youth, he was uh, was kind of uh, an iconic figure. Yeah, no, he was the man. He was. You know, one of of our friends wrote this huge piece, uh, Greg Donahue, uh, about an encounter he had with Steve and how... 
uh, as big as he was at the time, you know, this, this, he described him as like, Steve was like the Fonz and he was like, and if, I don't like, you know, if somebody, I don't like the Fonz like in his actual time, not like, like a tenure, yes. <laughs> not like, I don't know if that's a good analogy or not. Cause when you really look at the Fonz, he was a little creepy, I think, but well, no, but he was saying, he goes, if somebody, you know what he wrote, he said, if somebody told you that Steve Zebley, um, went up and punched the side of a Donkey Kong machine and got free games every time, would you not believe it? Yeah, no, you're right, yeah. And that is how it was back then, you know? That is the way it went. And so, you know, yeah, it's just a a rough uh, situation. And um, the Delaware Office of Defense wrote a tribute um, to Steve uh, because what happened is Steve uh, one day called me. I was out dealing with a problem with my work van, and Steve traveled for business and he called me and he, you know, would have to get clearance for these facilities that he would work in and they'd do background checks. And he was forbidden from entering a building because of felony charges that he had from when he was 13. And we all believed that when you become an adult, your juvenile record is expunged. It's gone. Right. But that actually wasn't the case, much to the surprise of Steve and Delaware lawmakers. So Steve did what Steve always did when something was broken and he went and he fixed it and Steve pushed and, you know, legislation was enacted and a, a law was passed. Um, the bill was SB 54. Um, and so upon learning of his death, the Delaware office of defense wrote the following. We are shocked and saddened by the sudden passing of our good friend and fellow champion of the juvenile justice, Steve Zebley. Steve embodied what it means to be an advocate. He did not shy away from his life experiences, but instead used them to make a difference for countless others. It's because of his persistence, hard work, and advocacy that so many people can now pursue a juvenile expungement in Delaware. Rest in peace. Steve's legacy lives on with every expungement granted and second chance given. Um, and that's pretty much the reality that, you know, it's a fitting end. You know, if there was going to be one that the guy who helped everybody fix things is now helping even strangers fix things for themselves. So uh, that's why we weren't here. And uh, we we will miss this guy. You know, there it's a huge loss. It is. Rest well. So did you see the Super Bowl halftime drama? I didn't really. I'm not a social media guy per se. I saw the Super Bowl halftime show. I think uh, my daughter was telling me that there's a lot of people uh, upset on social media about it, but I I didn't really follow through so much. Well, it, it... the thing that was interesting about it is it, there was a like a whole bunch of reasons why we were supposed to be upset. Uh, here, here's um, my take as a my initial reaction as a 50 year old white man, almost 50. Dude, I thought it was hot. It was a fucking great show. Like they, it, <laughs> it was well done. I mean, I will say that I had another uh, similar age white men that I was hanging around with that I was like, Jesus Christ, can you like be a little bit more mature? Cause there was conversations around me about, you know, waxing and Brazilian waxing and, you know, those kind of thing. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you people? You know what I mean? It's not like she was yeah. naked. Come on, like get, get over yourselves. <laughs> yeah. There, you know, it was, it was so interesting to me because in one end we had 
the people who were angry that they were speaking Spanish. Right. Because this, this here's America. You know what I mean? So you weren't allowed to speak Spanish, even though they were in Miami, which is a huge Latino population. Right. They weren't allowed to do that. Then they were dressed too provocatively, right? Which uh, this was coming from the same group of people that look at a first lady who has done naked photo shoots and lesbian softcore right. uh, photo shoots. And she's, and I'm air quotes here, the classiest first lady we've ever seen. Um, well, <laughs> is a, when you're beating the best. Yeah, she be, she bees best. You know what I mean? So, so when you're bees best, you know, you can, I guess, do that stuff and it's overlooked. So that group was that angry that way. And they were clutching their pearls because, you know, how dare these women be dressed this way. Then the other side. So we got the red hat. We got the libtard. The libtard now was spending Monday morning educating the red hat about Latino culture. And that the things that were happening on that stage were part of Latino culture and Arab culture because uh, Shakira is is part Lebanese and you know, and all these things and, you know, all stuff you knew that on Friday they had no fucking idea about. All I know is she is part gorgeous. <laughs> she is. That's all you cared she about. She is two part sexy, one part gorgeous. You're ready to bone down? <laughs> nah, not necessarily. I mean, but I mean, no, there was a talent. They were, they worked hard. It was well practiced. It was well choreographed. It was a good show. Stop it. Yeah, that's pretty much... Well, here's my problem. Neither one of them are metal as fuck, so I don't give a shit about them. Right. You know, I don't care. I don't care about that music. It's just more of the nonsense. And then, you know, so D. Snyder got in trouble because he came out to point out that, once again, uh, the music that you play, you know, when they take breaks during the game, they'll play some metal music or some rock band music. And he comes out and says, oh, well, once again, you know, we ignore the bands that could have played the halftime show in favor of some kind of provocative nonsense where women are slapping their own asses and then you're calling it female empowerment, which, gotta give D credit there, <laughs> it's kind of funny because in, a, in any other scenario, isn't that called objectification? Yeah. Last time we we were woke, last time we were woke? I don't you know? know. Yeah. So, so, you know, it's just, but my whole thing I, was driving me crazy. I was watching this battle back and forth and I'm like, you don't really care about this, do you? Like, nobody really cares about this, do they? <laughs> this can't be a real issue, is it? But I think it was, you know? Uh, we are such drama queens. We are. We live in a country that just exists to be uh, drama queens. And I don't, think, I don't think we're getting away from it anytime soon. And so here's another example. Now, before I even get into this, I dig John Roca. I do. I, I like the shows that he, I listen to his Geek Buddies podcast. I, I like all the stuff that he does. But at times, and they're, you know, on on Reddit and places like that, they tend to call him John Woka because he likes to he likes to be woke. He likes to be uh, you know the white knight on the message board. I mean, on the uh, social networks and stuff. You know what I mean? Right. So somebody made a meme. After the Super Bowl, and it compared two pictures. It had Rue McClanahan in 1985 at age 50. And you've seen the Golden Girls. You know what Blanche looked yeah. like. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, she was the dirty and one, though. She was the hooer. Yeah. Right. 
she was always like boning down and stuff. And then it had JLo on her poll from the halftime show and it said 50 in 2020. Now, no commentary, no, nothing said that Rue McClanahan was ugly, just that hair, and those shoulder padded dresses, and you know what I mean? Right. And then you had JLo. So it was more of a commentary on how our standards in a, as a society have changed. It wasn't about, look how buckled Brew McClanahan is. It was just like, here's the differences. Well, John Rocha takes that meme and he posts the following. If you're tweeting this meme indicating that J-Lo is somehow sexier than Rue McClanahan, a.k.a. Blanche, you need your head examined. Both of these women are unapologetically fierce about their sexuality. Both are empowered beings. Both live life on their terms. Get educated, friends. Um, okay, so if you're going to take it about sexiness, are you telling us you'd need to flip a coin, John? If if both women were like, <laughs> hey, man. I don't even know what he's saying. I don't really. He's, I, first of all, was Rue Clanahan like a um, a warrior for femininity and, and sexuality? I don't know. I I well, or was I that just her character, think, Blanche? Yeah, we don't know how she really behaved. Yeah, I mean, like if you're just paid to act like a whoer on on a um, not a whoer, but you, that was her character. You know, she was always talking about boning down on on. She was she was the original cougar, right? Yeah, she was the she was the Kim Cattrall from Sex in the City yeah. before Sex in the City. You mean cock? <laughs> you know that that kind of thing. Like, but that was that, was that, that her character or was that her? I, I don't know. I don't. But know. that's a whole side point, I guess. You know. But come on, like, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> yeah, no, it, there's nothing to say. This is being woke just for the sake of being woke. Like, look at, look at what I, look, here's my take on this. They're empowered, beautiful women. And nobody said they weren't. Yeah, I got no, no Nobody, nobody said anything about their looks. It was more addressing the appearance of what was. And so, you know, I, I wrote a thing on Facebook. Um, and I think it's out there. Gallagher always takes my Facebook stuff and he puts it out on our thing. But so I wrote a thing on Facebook and, and, um, you know, my point was, take any 50-year-old guy today. He might be in a Green Lantern shirt. He might listen to metal music. And he's going to talk to you about his his cheat day. You know? Right. Um, who was, what 50-year-old dude was doing that in 1985? Well, yeah, I mean, it does say, like, I, I feel like I'm going to sound like a redhead here. But there is something about the amount of discipline that men had back in like the 60s, 70s and 80s or even before where, you know, uh, my grandfather, when he would go out and, and work at his garden, he would wear pants and a button down shirt. You know, that, right. like, my grandfather never wore uh, sneakers or tennis shoes or whatever he would have called them back then. Like he shaved on Saturdays. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't personally shave on Fridays knowing that I have Saturday coming up. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like there is a set of discipline that men had back then. And it was just I, just a different culture, you know, because they would be sitting back and, you know, every evening drinking scotch and, and smoking their Marlboros too, um, to just survive to 50 so they can give their life insurance to their wives. You know what I mean? Right. Um, you know, is it good, better or worse? I, I don't know. I mean, I'm always the guy who's probably a little too casual. It is comfortable, but we are missing some of that discipline that they used to have. 
No, and, and I don't I don't disagree with that. I mean, you know, and I know you go you look back then. Well, well, not our particular fathers because we, <laughs> yeah, you know, you, we yeah, we I, both had similar types. That's why I jumped straight <laughs> to grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even go there. Mine was an alcoholic drunk, you know. Just but anyway, look. Um, the thing about it is, you know how the society was. You know, men when when they were middle aged and and fifty was like that. You were already deep in. Like by the time you were, I, I'd say by the time you were like thirty five, forty back then, you were just like an old dude. Like right. you, you you just there was no more silly frivolity. You know, you weren't playing Nintendo. You know, what I mean? <laughs> like. You know how many homes I go in and the dude has his, uh, like, the guy. Not, I'm not talking about the kids. They, they've got, like, a Nintendo Switch. The dude has an Xbox or a PS4 with the headset. So he's not only just gaming, he's on there talking shit and everything. And it's a, <laughs> it's a guy that's, you know, got a horseshoe hair style because he's lost all his hair. Yeah, and homeboy I mean, is fucking is commonplace. And he's teabagging fucking 12-year-olds on a, on a Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah, you know? <laughs> and you know, you know, little kids going, you're a dick. You ask your mom about my dick, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's what's happening out there. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and like, so we live in a different society with different standards. Nobody was, you know, nobody was taking down Rue McClanahan, John. That's not what was happening, bro. So, but, you know, on the, on the same token about our standards, right? <clears throat> Jillian uh, Michaels from the biggest loser, you know, right. the yeah. fitness expert. Mm -hmm. This kind of goes into that too. You know, she made a comment about Lizzo and Lizzo's weight and everybody's talking about Lizzo's big, beautiful woman and all this stuff. And, and, um, Jillian, uh, Michael said something like, yeah, that's great. I'm, I'm, you know, it's, it's awesome that she's super comfortable and, and she's great and talented and, but let's not pretend that she's healthy. Right, that, that that a body in that shape is not healthy. A human body was not designed to be that way. Um, and boy, you would have thought she like threw up the old Sea Kyle or something like that. Like the the response was insane, you know. And you know we've gotten to the point that you can't even acknowledge medical fact, biological fact is is offensive to people. I do find and, I do find Lizzo sexy and and not necessarily. But she's got sexy attitude. You know what I mean? I, I, I find her. That's yeah. That's all well and good, yeah. and that's kind of what she was saying. Yeah. She was like, "It's great that she, you know, has this attitude. She's not letting anything bother her in that regard." But it's physically not healthy. You know? Yeah. No, Dick. And besides, we can't ever gauge by what you think because you're a creep. Yeah, I am a creep. And so you can't. You know, we have to always take that into consideration. But I started thinking about something. I remembered an old clip. Just to show you a difference, again, we're talking about the changes in society and how we deal with each other, how we speak to each other, what what was okay and what is not okay and all that kind of stuff. I'm not, you know, I'm not here to be like, yeah, go Marcus Welby, tell her, you know, like right. <laughs> not doing that. But I just want to play you this clip so you can understand the difference of how we used to talk about, you know, obesity and stuff like that versus what's happened here. I've checked you thoroughly. You don't have any physical disorders to blame those pounds on. And your mother swears she keeps you on that diet at home. Shall I tell you why you're heavier? You've been cheating. Sneaking things into your mouth. Candy, soda pop, pizza, munch, chump, 
gobble. You make it sound ugly. Isn't there something you could give me? I read a magazine about these pills that kill oh, your appetite. Forget pills. Well, what about hypnosis? Kimberly, there is no substitute for willpower. And unless you supply some, you'll go through life as a jolly fat girl. That's a mean thing to say. I'm sorry, I have no sympathy to waste on self-indulgent children. I want to see you back here a week from today. And you'd better be thinner. Now, how terrible is Jillian Michaels in comparison to that? <laughs> She's a saint. Yeah. By the way, every time you uh, every time you talk about your foodie ninja girl now, right? Munch, chomp, chomp gobble. I love it. <laughs> By the way, I have a foodie ninja girl too now, and it's fucking awesome. It really is. It is the fucking coolest thing in the world, dude. I made a uh, cheesesteaks in there, Eric Crisp cheesesteaks. The other day. Really? Yeah, and the cool thing is, I, there was no splatter on my oven on my stovetop. You know what I mean? Because it was all yeah. contained in there. I just put the cheesesteak uh, in there, the, like the sliced steak. I put some onions right in it, like some raw onions, some peppers, some mushrooms, right all in it, all cooked to get together. It was fucking delicious mm. in like three minutes. It was done. It's a, it's fucking amazing, <laughs> dude. It really is. Last night I cooked an entire dinner. Right. I made uh, air crisp baked potatoes because it gives them the crunchy skin on the outside, Big. right? And then I made steaks, and I made Argentinian shrimp, all in that fucking thing. And and no smoke, no splatter, no nothing. And I turned to Alice, and I was like, and I pointed at the stove, and I was like, you ever think we're going to use that again? <laughs> I know. You know? I feel like <laughs> I need another one. I think I am. So I could like, cook at the same time. That's my only, yeah, double. my only beef is it's a little small. For like a it meal, is. especially if you're cooking for more than just two. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm generally cooking for three or four. If Dakota's boyfriend's here, then it's four and, you know. Yeah. But yeah, so I do like that thing. But the point is, you see how Marcus Welby, you know, dealt with this situation. Well, I, you, um, I mean, yeah, so you can't, I mean, you can't go back. And I, I know it's a meme and it's somebody who's trying to be funny, but you can't go back and judge Rue McClanahan. You know, and compare J Lo because it's, I mean everything has changed in the last twenty years. So much has changed. We are culturally we've changed, and you know, for the better, for the worse. I don't know, man. There, you know, I I hate to say this, I do side with uh, Marcus Welby a little bit, not not necessarily on the tone of the way he spoke, but there is something you didn't like what he said. A jolly fat girl, <laughs> yeah, right? I know that's really fucking harsh by today's standards, and it was probably acceptable back then. I. You know, I guess, but the thing is, is there was a, there was, I think, a discipline that we as culturally had back then that we don't have anymore. You know what I mean? Like I said, no, about dudes absolutely. shaving fucking seven days a week. You know, well, I mean, you did again. You think about it like this, right? Think of rerun from what's happening. When you watched that back then, you thought he was the fattest motherfucker you ever saw, right? And now he's just a dude on the street any given moment. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's not, if you go watch it again, he's not that big. I mean, he's big, but he's not, he's not like, holy shit. But you thought he was back then. And th that's just where we're at now. So, I mean, again, there's another societal change. Yeah. You know, we you know I mean, I guess it, it, it's hard to say, you know, it's, it's about acceptance. You know, we culturally, I think we accept a whole lot more, you know, people of color, you know, people of different um sexual orientations and all that stuff they are more, much more accepted in the society. So I think part of that acceptance is accepting, you know, all body shapes and types for who they are. And, but, um, 
you know, and we're kind of, you know, calling alcoholism as a disease and it's not their fault as opposed to willpower. So, so somewhere along the way, there is a little bit of, um, discipline lost, um, right. You know, in, in accepting, you know, sorry, that's, you know, your genes, that's the way your body is. You're just going to always be a big girl. There is some truth to that. Yes. But you know, but not as much as they would like everyone to believe. And, it's like everything else with politics and everything. There's probably a middle ground somewhere. And and we live in the extreme ends moment of time, you know. And so it, you, do you need to berate somebody if they're overweight? No. But do you need to pretend that it it's fantastic that they're crushing their heart in? You go, girl. Obesity? Yeah. Yeah, no, you, you don't go, need to do that You either. go, girl. You be you. And I am a very much a you be you. No, whatever gets sure. you through the night. Like, I, it's none of my fucking business what, you know, what, I, you know, all power to Lizzo. Man, rock out. You're a sexy, big, blue, big, black, beautiful woman. I'm cool <laughs> with that. You know, you do you. You know. I hear you. But, yeah. you know, but, uh, you know, I mean. It's not healthy. Right. That's all. Let's not, let's, do your thing. Let's be honest. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. If that's your shtick right. and this is going to make you a million bucks and, and, you know, and someday you're going to, you know, either decide that, hey, this isn't your the type of body you want anymore or you want to keep this, you know, that's all you. None of my business. Rock out, Lizzo. You be you. Yeah. Yep. We just, you can't demand we pretend it's healthy. That's all. That's all. And and it's coming from me. You know, I, we all do dumb shit. You know, I, I know that extra cheese and whiskey is not a great way to live my life, but you know what I do? Extra cheese and whiskey because I'm fucking stupid. You know, I'm really dumb. So, <laughs> dude, I pulled a high but, I pulled a high school move the other night. Like, I got uh, home from work and I was just, I, I just, I don't know, man. My and my wife was out, and um, she was saying, "Hey, I'm at a restaurant. Do you want anything?" And I was like, "Yeah, just order me a salad and bring it home." And when I got home from work, there was no salad there, so I was like, "Fucking pissed." So. Wanted to go get a salad, right? Mm-hmm. But in the meanwhile, I had already started in the bourbon. So I was like in the backseat of a car getting driven to a fucking restaurant. <laughs> drinking bourbon out of a flask. <laughs> and I was like, I, you know, I, I haven't fucking done this since I was like 17. <laughs> is this the part where I'm supposed to be a friend and be like, Brian, you know, I think we need to examine what's happening here. <laughs> but at least I did have a salad for dinner. <laughs> All right, yeah, you balanced it out. That's, a, that's what they call a well-balanced meal, yeah. I think, is how they say that, you know? Um, speaking of more, because we're covering the first half of this, I think we just want to address, like, fucking outrage and fake outrage and all this kind of stuff. So the Sunday that um, Kobe Bryant died, uh, there was a big Twitter... Uh, to do, as they say, the night before on Saturday Night Live, a skit was done about white male rage. Because, as you know, we can openly pound away on the white male. Um, it's completely sensible to do so. There shouldn't be any kind of backlash from anything like that to be expected. So we were doing Oscar talk, and for each film... This uh, female, I I forget her name now. That's my fault. I'm unprepared. But um, she would do these songs to bring in the discussion of each each film that's nominated for Best Picture. So 
Here was her song for Joker. Here's my song for Joker. Oh. Hit it, fellas. Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix, skinny, skinny, laughs a lot, but still so scary. Dances on steps, goes stompy, stompy, puts a pillow over crazy mommy. But the thing that this movie is really about is white male rage, white male rage, white male rage. Joker. So this led to all sorts of, oh, now next week, let's do a song called Black Crime Rate. Yeah, and so, but but again, now yes, it's stupid, but so is this shit. You can't. What is this idea? And I have a belief. I have a belief that one day this, all these woke people that like to point this stuff out and go digging through old tweets from ten years ago, so they can cancel somebody. So they can cancel. Nope, no Oscars for you. Yeah, exactly. This is all going to flip around. What the pendulum? The one thing we've learned. The pendulum always swings back, and then it'll be it'll be this shit that's being examined, and they'll be going, "Well, that's just what we, you know, we everybody was talking like that at the time, you know. Uh, I mean, you know, it's just what you did. I, I don't know, you know. It, it does that sound familiar? Everybody used that to describe them then. <laughs> it's it's gonna flip back around, and then you're gonna be on the receiving end. This this is not conducive to any sort of harmonious racial existence. It's just not. I, we can get into all the minutia of it and everything, and, and we know the history, and we know all that stuff. But this just constant drum beating, the white male, boom, 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 boom. It's just, it brought about the exact response. And then when you respond in kind, like, oh, hey, would it be cool if you did this? Oh, there you go, white male tears, can't handle it. And it's like, <laughs> well, you've set the table so that in any way, in any kind of response to what you're doing, it's just more white male bullshit. Well, first of all, comedy is just a reflection of us. You know what I mean? They, they, I, I get it's that. a reflection of our culture. You know, Kevin Hart, he told some jokes that sounded anti-gay, and I've never thought Kevin Hart was anti-gay. He was just doing jokes, you know, that was a reflection of our society. You know what I mean? Sure. So, but secondly, <laughs> it's part of losing the discipline. Like, can you imagine fucking like a John Wayne or a, you know, like Marlboro Man complaining about some of the things that they're complaining about with this, you know, this false outrage? Men used to be men in America. What happened? Now we we gotta go to fucking <laughs> Britain to find a real man. Like, you know what I mean? Like. That's what they do in the films. Yeah, yeah they got to get a British. Guy. Yeah, because we don't have like the, the old school man, man, like who had some discipline and some fucking some grit, some true grit. You know, like yeah. Like, can you imagine John Wayne like being pissed off about you know, you know, they're canceling Christmas again? Like, <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I think he's exactly who would be pissed about. They're canceling Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I, just no, I, I just don't see him whining, being such a fucking whiny cunt. Like, like, like you see so much anymore. You know what I mean? Like, um, like you see people who claim to be man's man. They go out back cutting cut brush uh, for videotape, but then they're, you know, upset that somebody wants to cancel Christmas. You know, the white man in America, we're, we are the victims. You don't understand. <laughs> the white man, I can't. 
I can't even drink a cup of coffee anymore. I used to be able to have coffee. I can't no more. You know why? First of all, I broke my Keurig because Chuck Schumer and Keurig wanted to control my gun. They wanted to come and take away my guns. <laughs> so I destroyed my Keurig. And then... Lit it on fire. And then, remember last year? Starbucks wanted to take Jesus off the off of their coffee cups, so I don't I can't I, don't, I can't go to Starbucks no more. Nancy Pelosi and Starbucks are against Jesus, and you know what? I don't even care that Jesus was never on the Starbucks cup in the first place. That's they not the point. Away. They took it away from me, <laughs> and I sure as hell can't go to no Dunkin' Donuts because they got all kinds of different color of brown people in them. <laughs> I, I don't even think it's American. I don't. I that they, <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts is owned by so a white man can't even have a cup of coffee in America anymore. Can you imagine fucking yeah. John Wayne? Like those old I mean I'm using John Wayne as an example, but those old like old school men like just bitching. They just they don't bitch about shit. They just went to the fucking store and bought a cup of coffee and ground it at their house and drank it. You know what I mean? And then they were went and then they went and worked at their chemical company and sat in their fucking offices office jobs. And and did their shit until they died at fifty and gave their life insurance to their wives. That's what they did. They didn't bitch about it. <laughs> <laughs> they never hashtagged the fucking thing. Yeah, they just did their thing well, and went home and fucking drank scotch and smoked their Marlboros until they died. They only they only knew the hashtag as a pound sign, and they didn't even have that because they had a rotary phone. And I'm not was a pound was a pound sign on the rotary. Phone? <laughs> I don't even remember. Yeah, I don't remember either. I don't think it was. Was it? I, I don't think so. I don't even think they did anything at first. I think they were just there to fill out to make the blocks even. The star and the pound. Right. I think that's all they were. And then it and then we got star 69 and I don't know. What the fuck do I know? All I'm saying, can we stop talking shit about each other? That's all. Like, it, 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 and, and in order to do that, I'm not crying. I don't feel oppressed. I, I don't. I don't feel oppressed either. But, you know, it's, it's a bunch of fucking drama queens. Take the news. This week, right, we had a State of the Union address. We did. Which is a big speech given out by the president every year, um, constitutionally mandated, all that. The big news that was headlines on every fucking news website was that Trump snubbed Pelosi on the handshake deal. Like, not, you couldn't, you had to search. You had to actively search out to see any piece of the content. You couldn't find right. any content from there. What you could find is, oh, Trump burned Pelosi. <laughs> burned. Cronkite, a dude like Cronkite who used to smoke on the air. Yeah. Dude like Cronkite, yeah, he would be fucking like rolling his gra- in his grave right now, man. Like, like you know, and all that Anderson Cooper and the whole Fox News crew, like that's all like, oh, Trump burned Pelosi because he snubbed her in the handshake. Fucking big deal. Like, really? Big? Who gives a fuck? What was the content of the speech? No one cares. No one. None of the. They're all fucking want to hashtag. They want to get their fucking trending. Burn. Pelosi. You don't you don't see Cronkite going, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Trump delivered quite a pwn <laughs> to Nancy Pelosi. And Pelosi. <laughs> re- not shaking. Her. Pelosi retaliated with her attacks by ripping up the speech. Like, uh, yeah, she tore up the paper. Hashtag shots fired. <laughs> you don't think you would have saw that? I don't. <laughs> with, with the ticker noise going. <laughs> I, uh, you wouldn't have even seen that from like even like the likes of Peter Jennings, who was, you know, kind of the next, you know, generation broke on Jennings and. Uh, and um, no. 
<laughs> Ted Koppel. No, no it's a, the, the, it, we live in a we live in a circus atmosphere at this point, a clown show. And I think you know, I, I, I was watching people the other day. They were talking about how Trump, uh, you know, has brought us to this reality TV thing. No, we were here. You don't. That's the thing. All this is looked at backwards. First, you needed a society that would look at him as an option. He didn't make that happen. You needed that first. And it was there. It was in place. And he has exacerbated it. But he didn't make it. He didn't create it. You have a society of of morons that that you do. (laughs) Look, Look, let's stop it. Let's be honest. We have a society of morons that... You know, there's so much at work here. The social networks that, you know, you and I, I was talking to Gallagher about this the other day. <clears throat> you and I, if if a story comes across our feed and it seems outlandish, what's the first thing? Well, you don't go on social networks, but the first thing you would do is go source that, right? You would go, can this be accurate? And you would go and look. But Generally, I ignore, that, honestly, because I assume that it's, if it's, I guess it depends on what what type of outlandish you're talking about. If it piques your curiosity, yeah. yeah, you would you would. So you you're gonna go and verify, you know, its authenticity, right? But that makes you one percent of this population, apparently, because everyone else, left or right, as long as it echoes their biases, they're gonna just go see, look, and they're gonna hit share, and that has been a cancer that has just infected our entire culture. And so that was in place. We saw it happen. We used to, years ago, when we would do this podcast, we would laugh. We had the Obama game about what bullshit they were spewing now that people believed. We did all of this years ago. We saw it coming. We tried to warn people. Twenty, What was it? 2013, knock it the fuck off. Remember all yeah. that shit? That we saw this coming a long time ago. Which is why we're bored of it now, but we tried to warn you. We asked you to knock it the fuck off, and you only got worse. We lost the, the rains. <laughs> you got much gone. worse. It's it, it really is. I, I just I, you know I I I felt I feel like I'm taking the old side, like you know back in the fifties. You know things used to be so much better, and it, but I don't. I'm not. I don't want to say that because I think we've done so much so much great things culturally accepting wider groups of people and, you know, into corporate America, into jobs, and it's gotten better and better and better for so many people in so many ways. But in the same token, we've turned into such sissies, for lack of a better term. Like, everything is, oh, you offended me by this or that. Or, like, and I, it's, I, I don't I don't even know. We're, we're, right, it's, and it's not real. It's, it's, None of it's yeah. real. No, yeah, it's, it's we're drama queens. That's None it. of it's real. It's, it's fake I, it's I fake watched... Drama. Yeah, like the whole um, uh, sitting down during the national anthem. Yes, during the Super Bowl. I I, I watched a, a friend make a post, uh, put up a meme that says, "I'm not offended by um, the halftime show. I'm offended by Beyonce and Jay Z sitting." And then people came in and posted the video of Trump acting like literally a child, uh, talking to other people during the anthem, pretending he was conducting the orchestra. <laughs> and then grabbing a chair. I used to, to do sit that when down. I was like four too. 
Right, and that's what I'm saying. He was literally acting like a child. You know, complete disrespect for the national anthem. Complete, if, if we're pretending that that anthem has everything to do with our servicemen and women, he completely pissed in their faces. And so they responded, people responded, well, then I guess you must be incensed about this. Nothing. Nothing. So you're not really upset. These are shiny keys you're jingling for other people. This is a Pavlovian bell that you're ringing for like-minded people who use this kind of, you know, um, glittering generality, this patriotism as some kind of, you've weaponized it. And you're not, if you're really upset that someone disrespected the national anthem, then you're incensed by him. You're absolutely, because he's the president. We didn't elect Jay-Z to a fucking thing. Right. You know, he doesn't represent this nation. Jay-Z is a rapper. Um, and if I'm going to be honest, a more self-made man than that guy. 100%. A thousand percent. Yeah. So we didn't elect him to nothing. And I don't give a shit what Jay-Z does. I don't, I don't fucking care about Beyonce. That guy's the president, and that's how he was conducting himself during the national anthem. So if you were really upset, then it leaves you with two options. And this is, this is the ridiculous thing of it. It leaves you with these two options and no other options. You either are truly upset with Beyonce and Jay-Z because they're a shade beyond coffee with cream in it. Or you're not really outraged at all, and this is all theatrics and phony. Those are it. I don't. Is there a third? Do you know what the third would I be? I think the latter. Yeah. Well, exactly. I think the latter. You know, I, I know this person. I don't know them to be a racist. So, what is the point of this? Like, again, it's just what you're talking about. It's the drama. Yeah. You know, like, I, hey, look, I'm angry at this, but I'm not really. And because when he does it, I don't care. And the fucking craziest thing to me of all is the queen, the king of drama kings. The queen of all false outrage, the the biggest drama queen there is, who has been pounding it for years and years and years, daily, of this false outrage, was just awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom at our State of the Union. Ladies and gentlemen, high atop the tower of the EIB network, safely secured from Negroes and Mexicans, it's the Rush Limbaugh show yeah dude you gotta be fucking kidding me giving that guy anything though so i don't even know all the presidential uh, freedom award winners i i, I kind of want to google it but it just seems like weird that he's in the same standing as rosa parks you know what i mean well the yeah the thing about it was is i looked him up there was a lot of other actors and stuff but they are actors like for instance like steven spielberg was given I, and this was funny i saw a guy go oh i guess spielberg deserved it for jurassic park no but probably for the show foundation <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> probably for that you know um you know the war the award is given to you know meritorious people who've done something to represent united states values and bring people together you know unite uh people I don't think you could, by any stretch of any imagination, you could say that about Rush Limbaugh. Um, he has worked diligently as a propagandist to divide this country. He is a liar. As, as, as a friend called him the other day, 
who doesn't pay attention to politics, but he said to me, he goes, isn't he just kind of like Alex Jones version one? Yeah, no. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Alex Jones is just the new improved model. You know, he's the iPad five pro or whatever the fuck he is. So yeah, Rush Limbaugh. I mean, you know, Gallagher is actually going to put out an article tomorrow on the site. Uh, he was talking to some conservative friends of his and it was they, now they didn't see anything wrong with Rush getting this award, but he asked them, well, who would be like if for on the left, if, if a, if a left leaning president were to award this, who, who could be the worst examples that could get it? And it was, um, Michael Moore, yeah, Al Sharpton and Jane Fonda. Yeah, I, I mean, Michael Moore is probably the best example. I mean, I think Jane Fonda has, I mean, outside of her, you know, Hanoi Jane, how they, you know, demonized her back then. You know, I mean, she's anti-war, but like, I, she's had some other charitable, like positive things, you know, later in life, as I understand. I don't really know a lot about her, but. Yeah, I, 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 mean, she I may, think I would have to. She may have done some, I, I, I think I remember seeing that she's kind of done a lot of charitable things that she may be deserving of a presidential medal of freedom, especially for her later in life causes. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I mean, I know she's, she's done a lot of good work um, now, you know, and I think, hasn't she stated that she realizes she did what she did during um, was a mistake or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But yeah, so let's take the other two. Uh, Sharpton has worked to divide. Right. He hasn't worked to unite. Michael Moore. Absolutely. And I think Michael Moore is he, the perfect analogy though. You know? Yeah, 100%. He just skews it in his way, runs with it, presents it as fact, and anybody who disagrees is an appalling human being. And, and you know, now Rush possesses racism, you know, and all that kind of stuff on, in, in, in his resume. So it's, it's worse in that regard. But as far as completely skewing a one-sided tale... Uh, that's pretty good. And, and, so how and he like... is the, the biggest drama queen I've ever seen. You know what I mean? He really oh. is. He's the one who's who's led the, the, the GOP, led this group of people down this path of, oh, we're such the victims, you know, and, and you know, to this whole false outrage, this, you know, <laughs> white rage, whatever, white man rage, whatever they call it, you know. He's led this yeah. charge. We, I, you know, I mean, I think... He's one of the drivers of, from what I'm talking about, the Walter Cronkite generation to the Anderson Cooper generation, you know? Yeah, no, 100%. And, you know, he, he um, you know, it, it's really weird. Like, when we were just talking about, uh, you know, people just running with things that they hear, just running with them. Like, if you remember, he, he spread this story that Obama was spending $200 million a day on an African safari, right? right? It was like a two week African safari that he took his family on. And he put out that it was costing the taxpayer $200 million a day that he demanded warships be in the area and all this kind of stuff. So when this was interrogated, uh, it was found to be, I don't even need to tell you ridiculously false. Right. Right. Yeah. And then they confronted Limbaugh about it, and they said, well, where did you get that figure? And he literally said, I pulled it out of my ass. So, like, he just acknowledges, I'm just lying. Yeah. I'm just here lying. 
I'm saying whatever the hell I want to say, and people ran with it. I actually argued at that time. I argued with people, friends of mine on Facebook. I was like, dude, there's no way it's costing. Why would you even believe that? Oh, yeah, keep believing your hero, you know, that kind of shit. And then he just admitted, yeah, I lied to him, and they ran with it. And he's got the Presidential Medal of Freedom for doing great works of uniting America and all that good stuff. That makes sense, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, one other fake, well, this wasn't fake outrage. It was real outrage, but the response, I think, is ridiculous. So on the same day that white male rage was happening, it was immediately, even though it was huge and swept Twitter, it was immediately erased by the death of Kobe Bryant. And Ari Shafir, um, comedian, decided he was going to go out and celebrate the death of Kobe Bryant. Uh, because he is a, quote, rapist. Um, so Ari not only tweets that what a great day it is that Kobe's dead, um, he then makes a video, and he's saying, you know, we have a lot of bad news in our society, but today there's good news. A, a rapist finally got his. Kobe Bryant is, is dead. You know what I mean? Uh, now, as he was doing this, Kobe's body was still in the charred remains of the helicopter, right? Yeah, it's just a lack and, of fucking class, man. Well, and that's what I wanted to kind of get at. So immediately the battle begins. Uh, people want Ari canceled, which in this case, yeah, fuck off. Good riddance. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're, you're a garbage human. There was no joke in there to even hide behind. And so good riddance. Right, but then you're watching the comedians come. Ooh, it's comedy and come, you know. And I listen to a lot of comedy podcasts, and this idea that these guys have that they can just say any fucking thing they want whenever they want and hide behind comedy has seriously gotten away from them. I know how you behave backstage. I, I've seen a lot of that, and I know what you do to each other, but you don't get to think that you can go out and it, what you call civilian population. Cause if you're not a comedian, you're a civilian, you know how that right, works, yeah. right? So you now want to take your mentality out into the civilian world and think that they need to accept it. And they don't. And you know, this constant battle of freedom of speech, again, all that means is you're not being put in jail. Doesn't mean you're free from repercussion. And there's another constitutional device called uh, freedom to and from association. So when somebody like Netflix sees what you did and they see that response, they're going to go ahead and cancel your special as they did to Ari. And your agent is going to drop you because th what you've done is indefensible except to dopey comedians. And now in fairness... Over the next couple of days, I did see a lot of reversal of that. There were comedians, you know, Rogan actually came out and said, the word dumb isn't strong enough for what Ari did. But yeah, it's, don't you feel that it's kind of played out this, this whole idea? It's comedy. I can do and say anything. Oh, I fuck want. yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I mean the whole thing, well, shock jockery, you know, that's, that's yes. all that it really is. Is we're going for shock. Not, there's yeah. no advancing. There's no reflection of America. I mean, yeah, you know. It's not comedy. It's no, not even a little yeah. bit. And and you know, they were there's discussion. Can Ari come back from this? I don't think so. No, it's kind of like Michael it, Richards. It, you ain't never gonna see him. 
No. The the gleeful behavior in his video. The text, maybe you could get and he tried to justify it. I do this every time somebody dies. Uh okay. You know? <laughs> and, and Rogan brought up a point, you know, he was talking to Jim Norton about this, and he said the problem with being the shock guy is that eventually you can't outdo yourself anymore. Yeah. Or if you can, it's going to cost you everything. He's like, so it's a trap that you set yourself. You know, you can't be that guy. It just doesn't work. And, and you know, and the other question is, and who are you catering to with this behavior? Who, what adult do you think that's not a degenerate dreg of society? Who, who do you think is enjoying your behavior? Who's being entertained by it? So what kind of small segment of society are you, you know, pandering to? It's not certainly not a formula for success. So, yeah, I was good with seeing how that all ended for him. You know, it, there's got to be a line somewhere. And I think uh, I think Ari found it. Um, while we were gone, also, there was a crazy woman. And I want to play this because this was one of the best things I've ever seen. She's in a supermarket and there's a guy checking out. She decides that she needs to have him repent to Jesus. And I like her technique. And the whole time, <laughs> the whole time, all I could think is if we could figure out who she is and get her to come on here <laughs> and then have Shirley back on. I don't know. Oh, that's just, we could just sit back and not even say a fucking word. You know, Th that would be so a match made in fucking heaven. Oh my God! Imagine her trying to trying to preach to Shirley with all the motherfuckers and the you stupid son of a bitch and all that kind of stuff, and you know, and it, it would just be gold. But anyway, so here, uh, treat yourselves to this this wonderful woman uh, in in the uh, supermarket checkout line. Will be charity, motherfucker. Really? I'm just trying to help you. I'm sorry, but I don't need your help. Y yes, you do, motherfucker. <laughs> you do, you do need my help, sir. Can't you see that, you son of a bitch? Could you please just let me check out my groceries? Fuck you, I'm trying to help you, motherfucker. Now, hold on. If you could go to a church, if you could go to a church where the, the preacher was like, fuck you, I'm trying to help you, motherfucker. Wouldn't you go every Sunday? I actually might. <laughs> I, I know At I would. At least for a couple weeks. I think I'd get bored of it kind of quickly, but. Yeah, no, let, let's see how it concludes <laughs> Wow, this is... You gotta ask Jesus Christ. We're I don't all have sinners. to do anything. We're all sinners. Okay. I, he was not, he's not gonna he, force you to do you're it. You're sinning right now. No, I'm not, motherfucker. How? You fucking accuser. Get the fuck out of here, you Excuse fucking me? accuser. <laughs> um, you motherfucking accuser. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Wow. You motherfucking accuser. <laughs> accuser of the fucking brethren, you motherfucker. Yes, ma'am. Dude, you gotta love the gear shifting right there. You motherfucking accuser of the brethren, motherfucker. And then it's, yes, ma'am. You know? yeah. <laughs> I'm pissed because he won't repent. <laughs> like, like, dude, it's, it's so great. She ends up, it goes on for five minutes. She ends up being arrested. And the store cheers when, when she's pulled out. Deservedly so. I don't, you say that. You know, I don't know. I think she, I think she was doing her job. She was man. doing the God's work. She was. Let's go on to Hollywood. It's time for another bit of showbiz news. 
All the skinny on what's going on with the picture shows and the boob tube. So in our continuing assault on Star Wars and our insistence that it's time for the middle-aged white male to let it go, um, we, we asserted strongly after we saw the rise of Skywalker that it was abundantly clear that Palpatine was never part of the original plan. Right. Remember? And um, so Colin Trevorrow, who was originally helming the final installment in the trilogy, his script uh, leaked. Robert Meyer Burnett, a guy who I listen to uh, frequently, he got a copy of it. And so he released the details of what was really going to happen. And let's let's see in this, uh, this Star Wars segment here if that was what was really going to happen. Was Palpatine part of the final thing? Yeah, see, it's a fail. That's our, that's our, that's the middle-aged white man's Star Wars theme that's now. That's my outrage. That's my white outrage yes. right there. You're angry right yeah. there? All right, so in the original um, script, surprise, no Palpatine. Kylo Ren was the big bad. He he actually goes deeper and deeper into the dark side. Uh, he's living in Vader's castle on Mustafar, and he's taunted daily by the ghost of Luke Skywalker, who drives him, while they're trying to bring him back, he actually succeeds in driving him further insane, further into the dark side. And the only hint of Palpatine, he finds a Sith holocron which is Palpatine talking to Vader, telling him that it should young Skywalker take me down, go find my, my master uh, on the Sith planet, not Exegol, uh, more a band or, and his name's Tor Valum and get instructions from him. Kylo does that and now goes deeper into the dark side. Um, the whole thing was different. And what the one cool thing that I really liked, you remember Coruscant from the, the prequel trilogies, the, the planet where it was just a, the entire planet was a city. Yeah. Well, because that was Palpatine's home base, it's like abandoned. I thought. So it's like a, a Mad Max Coruscant. Didn't Coruscant get blown up? No. I should. I thought it got blown up in not this most recent one, but in the last one. No. Uh, uh-uh. Okay. So that's where the. First Order kind of hides out and rises to power. That's where they had done all of this um, because it's just completely, you know, off the radar at this point now. Um, you know, and and so when they get there, um, Finn leads a, a resistance, a rebellion of stormtroopers because he's this legendary tale of the stormtrooper who got away, who, who abandoned, the, you know, the First Order and stuff. And he leads a rebellion of them, which is kind of a cool because you get you actually gave him something to do. Yeah, because instead of just had this this guy that like really interesting kickoff, and then oh yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, he didn't really have much of a role in this last one. No, he was not a cheerleader for Ray. Yeah, and so Kylo still dies, but he's never redeemed. Um, Ray's parents remain nobody and we find out that actually Kylo had gone and killed he was who killed her parents at instructions from Snoke um so to me everything i read and everything robert read it was a much more interesting story but studios panic i guess and when the last jedi 
you know, was divisive, I guess that was that. Yeah. We had to shift gears and pretend Palpatine was always part of the story. And it can't be changed now. And that trilogy sucked. So we'll move on. I saw Birds of Prey, the Harley Quinn movie. Did you have any desire to see that film? I do, actually. Uh, really? Yeah, I, I do. I like the I yeah. like the Harley Quinn character a lot. Um, first mm-hmm. of all, sexy, but <laughs> uh, of course, it's always got to come back to that with you. <laughs> no, but I I thought I, I mean, um, I dug the character. I, I I do. I haven't seen it yet, but I will eventually when it gets makes it to, makes its way to HBO. Yeah, exactly. How you see everything these yeah. days. Um, I well, I have good news for you. I, I didn't want to see it. I thought that from the trailer, it looked fucking terrible, and I wanted nothing to do with it. And I then saw a couple of the critics that I respect, and they went to a press screening, and they said it was fantastic. So I went, and it was pretty fucking good. It was fun. Like, it was just like, um, it's silly. It's weird. Um, but it's stylistic as fuck. It's violent as shit. And it's rated R, so it's vulgar. It's, you know, because here's the thing about villains, right? Villains would use profanity. Yeah. You know what I mean? They wouldn't be holding their tongue, so (laughs) it kind of makes sense that if you're going to have a movie where, you know, an anti-hero, which is what Harley is at this point, she's going to use profanity. She's not going to be a good girl. She's going to be drinking alcohol and doing all kinds of fucked up shit, and that's what they did with this. And it it was actually really interesting take on the thing. I think it's going to bomb from what I saw on opening night. It only made $4 million, which is, Ooh, yeah, bad, you know? So it's going to bomb this weekend. Uh, and that's a shame because it's, it's pretty decent film. The last one that she was in, the last one that they did together, I forget what it was called, but, uh, you know, when they had the Joker and, uh, you know, that alligator dude and whatever. Yeah. The suicide Suicide squad. Squad. I thought that was a real fun, cool movie. I, I dug that. Like, yeah, I like I liked it until the end when that when that witch did that goofy dance. Yeah, I mean the the, the whole you know the whole, <laughs> I had my whole problem with most of these uh, superhero movies where you know they have this magic volcano uh, tornado looking thingy that lights up a whole lot and it takes two days to fucking heat up before it's ready to operate. Yeah, that that whole thing. Yeah, that was problematic in my mind as well. But the rest of the movie was <laughs> the rest of the movie was fun. I mean, it was like you said, very stylistic, and um, I mean, I think it was well done. I thought so. I you know, I didn't hate it the way other people did. There was a lot of people that hated it. Um, I was not one of them. But this one, I think, I would say this is a much better film. Um, and you know, again, in the fake outrage, people are mad because there's no positive male figure in the movie and whatever. I don't give a shit. I don't fucking care. You know, I don't look for messages from fucking Harley Quinn. Yeah. You know, I just don't. I mean, if you're if you're openly bashing and shit like that, then you know I'll be like, all right, this wasn't necessary. It's fucking stupid. But there was none of that. It's just you're looking for shit now. Um, speaking of films, tomorrow night or no, I'm sorry, tonight we were supposed to record yesterday and we didn't. So t- tonight is the Oscars. And out of the best films, I believe you've seen two. Yeah, I'm, yeah, two. So we have Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Parasite, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, I've seen them all except Little Women completely. I, I started to watch it with Allison, and uh, 
I, I, I wasn't digging it. So I kind of fell asleep. But all the rest of them I saw. And I think uh, two of them certainly don't deserve to be there. Well, uh, can we talk about the least deserving in my mind? We can, because I, I think we both agree on what the least deserving is. I mean, just by is. titles and just by what I know of. I mean, I know of all these, but I think the Irishman has to be. Uh, it was such a struggle to get through. It really was that, <laughs> when you watched it. Yeah, the, the, this this game that everybody's playing, that it was something brilliant, uh, I, I'm hard-pressed to figure out where your logic lies. Snooze fest. Yeah, the de aging did not work. I mean, it was um, kind of cool tech. It did worked in some instances. They just didn't finish it, if you will. You know what I mean? They de aged their faces really well. <laughs> yeah, except <laughs> when you, dude. I I heard a guy describe it when when De Niro goes into that shop because the dude put his hands on his daughter. Yeah. And he throws him out on the street, and he goes, "Yeah, you get to watch De Niro tap this guy on the face." <laughs> With his foot. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and that is how it was. It was like, dude, you're too old to try to beat a dude down. And and they're calling him kid, and he looks like he's fucking 55. Yeah. Right? Now, here's what's fucked up. And when you get a chance, go take a look at this. Uh, some dude used deep fakes and did a comparison of what they did versus what he did with deep fakes. It's fucking amazing. If they would have done it with deep fakes, your mind would have been fucking blown. It literally looks like De Niro in his like 30s, like from Godfather yeah. 2. From Taxi Driver. And yeah. yeah. And it's the same scenes side by side on YouTube. You can find it. And you're like, fuck yeah, dude, that's awesome right there. This looks like shit. You know? And so I don't know why Hollywood refuses but even to use, even beyond that it was just a bore it was yeah. just a boring movie it was a fucking snooze fest i mean i guess the coolest part to me was that it, you know it was happened a lot of it happened locally and then i was trying to remember yeah. some of the stuff from you know from history if i was alive in some of those pieces you know what i mean but mm-hmm. other than that like other than that, that that and that was just a personal just because it was local to philadelphia well not only philadelphia i, I can walk and I'm seriously, I can walk to the bar where Frank and Hoffa used to hang out uh, because of the Chrysler plant right. that was up the road. That's gone now. But um, Frank was the president of the Delaware, Wilmington, Delaware um, Auto Workers Union or some shit like that. Uh, you know, the whole union scam thing. And so down the street, James Street Tavern. Yeah, I could walk there. And so that that's how close it was in this region here, and then Philly and all that kind of shit. But it was boring. Yeah, I don't know anybody, and maybe you did. I don't. I don't know if I asked you this. Did you make it through it in one sitting? Uh, no, I actually didn't. <laughs> yeah, I don't know every single person. I asked that question. Did you make it through in one sitting? No, I watched it first part the night it dropped. I watched maybe half, and then I went back over the weekend. And watched it at some other point, and you know, and everybody said the same thing. I thought it sucked. And maybe and, you know, like that's it. kind of a, a little. I never really even thought about that. About you know, um, streaming movies getting mentioned in the Oscars. I, because I, did it have a theatrical release at all? 
Yeah, the rules are if you want your film considered for an Oscar, but you're going to release it to streaming, it has to play for one week in New York and L.A. beforehand. And so they did that. It actually played for a while in New York. Um, and I don't know about L.A., but I'm assuming same time frame. Uh, so you could see it beforehand. But that that's the MPAA yeah. or Academy rules or whatever. It has to have a one-week run. Um so they do that every single time. If it's something like Marriage Story, same deal. It ran in theaters before it went to Netflix. Okay, so we spent way too much time on, on The Irishman, on the worst movie out there. What do you got? Yeah, fuck The Irishman. Uh, Once Upon a Time, I don't think should be there either. Yeah, you know, I I love Quint and Tarantino. I just, you know, I mean, I've always dug them. You know, Kill Bill, the greatest fucking series of movies ever. Um, I, I just, it was okay. I don't know if I'll ever go back and watch it. I mean, I oh, I never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was nothing there. It was there was no none of his usual quotable scenes. No real, just super cool anything. It just meandered its way along to the end. I think the the coolest part that I dug was um, the stuff with uh, Bruce, Bruce Lee. Yeah, I think that was like that yeah. that piece was like my favorite standout part. You know that I'll go back. And think, oh man, this is pretty cool, but that's about it. And I still maintain, if you would have had Bruce Lee kill, oh spoilers, if you would have had Bruce Lee kill the Manson family, it would have been fucking way more metal. Yeah. You know, that would have just been a perfect, hilarious ending to the whole thing. But you didn't, and it was a bore. So I don't give a shit about that. Uh, real quick, I loved Ford versus Ferrari. I love Jojo Rabbit. I couldn't wait to go see that. We went and saw it. Uh, we told a million people to go see it. Friends of ours who went and saw it, they love it. It's fantastic film. Joker, I love. Little Women again. I like I said, Marriage Story. Um, I I liked it. Adam Driver's Adam Driver's performance is great. Um, I'm not a big fan. I you know when you've been through a divorce. Uh, that kind of stuff doesn't really appeal to me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, 1917 was amazing. I mean, just the the shots, the way they did it. And Parasite, I love Parasite. Uh, most people are not going to watch it because it's in subtitles and stuff, but I, I think that's a great film. Um, so we're going to move on. Uh, we were wrong. We said that my last time when I saw the Rolling Stones would probably be the last time I never get to see them, and they just announced summer tour. Nice. So they're not done. I've never they're, seen them, so this not, may be my chance. It might be. I think the closest around here, uh, well, you're always south, so I don't consider that area, but the closest to me is Pittsburgh, I guess, uh, I think. Yeah, I'll take a look at it. Um, but I, to me, this summer, I don't know how I'm going to survive this summer. Lots of tours. There's lots of music I want to go see. I mean, first of all, um, to me, the Firefly lineup is fucking... I'm, I'm so stoked for it. Yeah, I, uh, I, you're, you're excited for Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, I've never seen Rage. And, and well, and who else is it? David Lee Roth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you seen David Lee Roth's uh, performances from Vegas? No, I haven't. Should I? It. Oh, oh, sir. You should treat yourself. <laughs> You know, it, it's uh, it's something to behold. I'll tell you that. I'm, ex- dude. I love the vibe of a music festival. A, but you, you got mm-hmm. Billie Eilish. Um, you got Halsey. Halsey is on my hall pass, by the way. Really? Yeah. She's one of my hall pass chicks. So when she's coming to Delaware, there's no way I'm missing her. 
All right. <laughs> you know how that hall pass thing works. Right? <laughs> you're gonna try to you're gonna try to get yeah, at her throw, with your yeah, hall I'm pass. Yeah, throw my cell phone up on stage. Yeah. And we'll have like a message <laughs> for her. And so she reads it and she calls me up, and I'm gonna be up there dancing on the stage like Courtney Cox and Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. And then she's gonna bring me back. Is that <laughs> how you're, gonna, you're gonna do the Carlton up there? With <laughs> yeah. Her? All right. Fair enough. Um. You know, I'm not so crazy excited about Blink. But, uh, I mean, I, I just think it's going to be, it's a, I think it's a great overall lineup. you got three decent headliners. And the the second row, you know, with David Lee Roth and that group and um, works really well. Dude, I think it'll be a fun, mm-hmm. I think it'll be a fun week. Yeah, right. And Bonnaroo right before, I think is a fucking good week. You got Tool, Miley Cyrus, Lizzo, Tame Impala, Lana Del Rey, Leon Bridges, Marcus King. Dude, that's a Yeah, it's a good lineup. That's a better the lineup. The baby. Okay, now you fucked it up. <laughs> Dude, I think it's gonna be a I don't know if I problem is is Bonnaroo and and Firefly are back to back weekends. I I don't know if I have. So you have to. I don't. I'm almost fifty. I don't know if I have the stamina to do back to back weekend music festivals. You know what I mean? Again, again, a comment that was never <laughs> uttered by a fifty year old in 1985. True. Yes. So I just want to point that out again. <laughs> I know. I you I'm know? a part of the problem. Don't forget. I recognize the problem, and I am a part of it. Yes. No. I agree with you. No. 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 I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm talking to you know. John Roca at this moment. It, nobody's nobody's taking shots at anybody. We're just, we're just saying society's changed a little bit. That's all. Not good, not bad, not nothing. Just acknowledging it. No wokeness required. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, nobody needs to be woke. That's all. Um. Um. And then then yeah. the summer at BB and T locally. I mean, because that's a I love that venue. I mean, that's a nice little outdoor venue. It's it's chill. Yeah. Um, dude, this summer there, you got, I wouldn't mind going seeing, and you're probably going to hate, hate a lot of this, but I'd go see Zach Brown. I'd go see the Doobie Brothers, Atlantis Morissette, James Taylor, Black Crows. Um, uh, I don't think I could go see Sammy Hagar and Whitesnake, but Matchbox 20 and Wallflowers will be there. Chicago and Rick Springfield. I would go to that. Chris Stapleton. Target. Well- Journey, you, Mr. Rick Springfield, to you. <laughs> I know. Journey and the Pretenders, uh, Jimmy Buffett, Foreigner, Kansas and Europe, Maroon Five and Megan Trainer. Um, dude, I, I think that's they're all shows I would go see. Yeah, Chambers is trying to get us to go to Foreigner, Kansas and Europe. Um, I don't know why you put Europe on there, but I get Foreigner and Kansas being together. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I just don't know that I need to hear the final <laughs> countdown and carry, you know. Yeah, like how does that gel with everything else? I don't Even know. In the same era. They, the black. I already have I tickets. See. Yeah, because they re, this is their first reunion, right? Like for a long, like with Chris Robinson and everything. They're all back. Together. Yeah, I've seen Chris Robinson a handful of times by himself, or when he's playing with like Phil Lesh and and that kind of stuff when he's doing his dead dead kind of stuff. Yeah. But I, I have tickets for a September event already for Coheed and Cambria's Never Ender for the No World for Tomorrow Never Ender, which I've been waiting for for quite a while. So I'm I'm kind of excited about that. But I don't, you know, I don't have any summer. Well, I'm going to see um, 
I'm going to see Frank Marino uh, in April. That's not summer. But that dude's a bet. You ever watch that motherfucker play? No. Mahogany Rush. I'm going to have to. I'll Google him. Dude, look at, uh, what's it, Frank Marino at the, is it the Agora Theater? Dude, that guy is fucking insane. Insane. Like, just a great player. Um, so I'm going to see that. Um, and so the, this year they're doing lock-in early, so I don't think I can go to it. That would be the other festival I'd like to go to. Um, it's, yeah, I have a friend that's very disappointed. Very disappointed in lock Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm, it's not... I'm more disappointed in Peach, the one up in uh, Scranton, because Peach would be the other one that I would go to, and Peach doesn't have any real big headliners. Um, that, I mean, their their headliners are String Cheese Incident and Joe Roos is Almost Dead, and Oyster. That's it. Yeah, and wow, uh, Humphreys McGee and Mo. Um, I guess. Is there a is there is there a time Umphreys McGee doesn't play? <laughs> no, they, no, they are on the road. They are a road band. They are always they at every festival. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say they're you just they're there. You know, it could be anything. Uh, oh, Ozfest, yeah, Umphreys McGee. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I'm not he, like I don't. Uh, you got Warren Haynes is always a good show. I love Warren Haynes, yeah. and then Warren Haynes with Phil Ash. Warren Haynes with um, um, Government Mule, so that'll be decent. I, I, um, John Mayer will be there on the second on the third night with uh, Phil Lesh. Phil Lesh is always there at, at Lockin. Um, yeah. So um, I would be really interested in seeing on the second night you get David Crosby. I've never seen any of the Crosby, Stills, and Nash gang, and you know, yeah, kind of dude. They're like my number one. You know what I mean? I know, I remember you used to love uh, Southern Cross and stuff yeah, like that. So I'd love it. You'd be like, "Come on, man! Don't you like this music, man?" <laughs> and I'd be like, "Fuck off, hippie!" You know, dude. I, <laughs> so. I just love that Laurel Canyon, that whole Laurel Canyon vibe. Like the, do you ever read any of the stories about Laurel Canyon, or see any of the, the uh, nope. that are out there? Dude, you should check it out sometime. Just that whole the whole story about uh, they all used to hang out in at Mama Cass's house. And uh-huh. it'd be like Jackson Brown and Glenn Fry and the Cro- David Crosby, Stephen Steele's, um, uh, the Frank Zappa, uh, like this whole eclectic group uh, of musicians. Um, Joni Mitchell, they would just sit there and fucking play. And Jackson Brown like rented a room and just would fucking bang on the piano twenty four hours a day. The windows always open and like it just it just such a music making. That does sound kind of cool. You know, I, I, watched, um, I mean, it's just an interesting time. I watched that movie Judy with Renee Zellweger while she plays Judy yeah. Garland. And I, if I remember correctly, they go to Mama Cass's house for a big party and there's all kinds of motherfuckers. Yeah, there. dude, that's what I understand. Mama Cass was like the ringleader for that whole like uh, area in, in Laurel Canyon where they all would just come and vibe at Mama Cass's house. And supposedly that's where... Um, Joni Mitchell was friends with David Crosby, and like that's where they got Stephen Steele's, and they're like, "Hey, you two should sing together real quick," and that's like the start of CSNY, you know? Wow, that's yeah. pretty crazy. Yeah, that's kind. Of, that kind of shit's always interesting, yeah. man. You know, when you go back and look at how things just fell together and stuff. So we do. Then we got a good uh, summer tour Dude, schedule this coming summer's up. Summer's gonna be busy as fuck. But you know what? Um, speaking of the Oscars and all that, I say, I was thinking about this. 
fuck the Oscars, fuck the Globes, all them. We need to do the another cast awards. The casties or something. I don't know what we'll call them. Like, I think that's what we should do for next episode. Come up with our awards. And I'm already nominating the... Um, <laughs> Fuck you, motherfucker. You need to be repetting. I'm, I'm nominating her. I don't know what the category is yet, <laughs> but I'm nominating her for an award on the Another Cast. <laughs> she, she is great, man. You know? Fuck you. I'm trying to help you, motherfucker. <laughs> you know? <laughs> How do you go wrong with her, man? I'm nominating her for Who's Preaching Harder. She's preaching pretty fucking hard. Just, I'm telling you, imagine, imagine fucking, you know, Shirley telling her that her using profanity is not like of Jesus. And then she's you just, motherfucking <laughs> accuser. Get the fuck out of here. Dude, come on. We got to make this magic happen. I know I could still get Shirley. I, I just, we got to figure out who this brought is. <laughs> yeah. I'm nominating her for some kind of award. We got to come up with an award or our own award show. Cause no one cares about the Oscars, do they? Um, I somewhat care uh, sometimes. Uh, depends, but I do like to see who wins. Uh, just because you know, I'm I'm big into films and stuff. You know, yeah. So I kind of care. We, we should because um, this this year was an amazing year of streaming of TV of. Uh, I think I mean twenty twenty nineteen was a great year for for entertainment. It really was. Well, well, then we need to come up. We need to come up with um, uh, like real categories if we're going to do that. I don't. I don't dislike that idea. It's content. It's <laughs> something for us to do, <laughs> rather than just sit here and ramble. Ramble about you know? how fucking America isn't what it used to be. We missed Walter Cronkite. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking speaking of America not being what it used to be, let's do a quick '80s rewind and get the fuck out of here because I'm going to go beat up my Regal Unlimited pass today. I'm going to go see. Speaking of films, a few of them, but let's. Uh, Let's do this here. Let's rewind to another totally awesome look at the 80s. All right. Now, this isn't this is kind of an 80s rewind, but not 100%. This mostly applies to us here in Delaware. Um, the Concord Mall has been sold. And then it was announced that Sears is leaving. And Macy's announced they're closing 125 of their stores performing at the weakest malls, which will be the Concord Probably, Mall. Probably, yeah. And, and it got me to thinking, you know, the, the the company that bought the Concord Mall notoriously does not reinvest in their malls. They just basically run them into the ground and then, you know, that whole deal. Um, so I think the writing is on the wall here for the old Conquer Mall, but it made me start thinking about all the 80s good times, you know, when you, how the mall was like this centerpiece of everything when you were a teenager in the 80s. And, and I don't think it's been that way for a really long time now. Well, I, I mean, I um, remember even after school, a lot of times I would ride my bike to the mall, to Concord Mall. Uh, yeah. You know, cutting through people's backyards and whatnot to get there. Um, but yeah, I'd ride my bike back up, up there and, Chill out at the arcade at the spaceport. Yeah, we can take you back right now. You, you know, you feel it. <laughs> All the sounds are around you now. And you then know? we go to that shitty... They didn't really have a food court back then. No, they had the carousel. Yeah. And they had the Harvest House Junior. Where you could get an icy and a hot dog. You right. Know? And then you could just get your... You know, steal some quarters... Go over there to the Donkey Kong machine. It was a good time. It, it was, but it's all gone now. 
you know? And it, it is weird, man. Like that thing, cause we already lost granite run for, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm originally from Delco. So a granite run was one of my mainstays there, but the, you know, that's gone. That's history. And now the Conquer Mall will most likely be history. So all these things will just be memories of of things you used to do. Well, the mall, it the is mall weird. was different. Like as a teenager, especially when you had no money and all that, <laughs> the mall was the meeting yeah. place. It was the right. It was more of a social gathering spot for teens as opposed to um, as opposed to anything else, as opposed to shopping or anything. I mean, you'd window shop, you know, and see what well, man someday I hope hope to be able to buy that pair of Air Jordans. But um, but it was more just sitting in those, you know, the benches around the stupid, ugly fountains looking at, you know, who was hanging out with who. Do you, uh, do you believe? Look at them. I, I think they're holding hands. <laughs> Are they together yeah. now? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, no. And, but And, dude, it was funny because you'd walk up and down and up yeah. and down just looking for anything to be going on, yeah. you know. and. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a shame, man. I I I don't know. You know, I guess I should ask my kids. I just never thought to ask. Like, what do you do? Because I just assume the mall is always part of everything, but it's really kind of not. But I don't think kids today go out and. But that was our social they, media. They never so really they, did that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was yeah. our social media. So like, because you'd go to the mall like on a Friday after school and figure out where the party was that night, like who's who's whose parents were away, and then you'd you know gather at their house that night. But now you can just do that all on, you know, on a TikTok. Right. Yeah, you don't need to actually meet anywhere. Right. Yeah. It, it's just kind of crazy, man. I, I, It would be nice. I mean, you know, people keep saying that the mall, it, the thing that's so weird is they build these town center, you know, concepts in areas like this where you have winters, you know what I mean? So it doesn't make sense to me, these outdoor town centers right. and stuff. Um. But I, I, you know, I think the mall, like, it's a lack of vision, you know? Like, I think you could revamp them and make them kind of an entertainment hub, you know, maybe not in the form that they once existed, I but think you could do something I think I did read an article not too long ago, like in, you know, an Inc. magazine or Forbes or one of the business magazines, how they're talking about they are revamping, and a lot of malls are finding success on, but they're doing, like, really high-end um type merchandise, you know, talking about, you know, yeah. having Tesla's selling there, um, and Fendi and Gucci and, and, uh, Louis Vuitton, you know, uh, t- yeah, that's how, that's the King of Tiffany, Prussia model. Tiffany type stores. Yeah. Yeah. The King of Prussia model, the, the, the new area they just bought has valet parking and all the cars that pull up are like Bentleys. And right. Shit. And, you know, I mean, it's it's all high end everything. Like you can't even afford to look in these stores that they just put in there. You know, <laughs> it's like and they got Ruth you know, Christ in the food court now. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just kind of ridiculous. You're just like, are you fucking kidding me with this shit? You know, but yeah, they they you know, and then now. But I so, do understand that those are know, finding success. Maybe you know whether long term or short term. Yeah. Who knows? But. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, that's all dependent on a strong economy, I guess. Well, then again, no. The people who shop in those stores, the economy is always good for them. It doesn't, <laughs> right. it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. You know, it's the working slob that can't, you know, and you you got no business in there in the first place anyway. But, yeah, so I think we're, you know, for us, I think we're getting ready to bid adieu, a fond farewell to the uh, to the mall. You know, I think it's getting ready to go. And what are you going to do? Time moves on, yeah. I guess, right? 
besides, I don't hang out there anymore. If I did hang out in the mall trying to figure out you know, what the high school kids are doing this weekend, I'd probably be on a register. Yeah, that, so preach truth. It doesn't really matter. So I guess we're going to wrap it up and I can go beat up my Regal Unlimited Pass and find i'm also you know what you know what's on my mind today some tacos and a couple margaritas doesn't that sound fucking that perfect? Sound fantastic you know what i bought uh this week a can yeah. of spam what the fuck is the matter with you oh <laughs> uh, i used to dig spam like especially because we didn't have any real meat when i lived in guam and hawaii <laughs> you don't have fucking animals on the island you know what i mean yeah so everything had to be shipped See. over so i you know spam like in hawaii and guam and those islands spam is really popular having that canned meat but either way i haven't had it in years and i bought a can of spam thinking i was going to make some nice spam and eggs in the new in the foodie all right well let me know how that goes <laughs> i'm excited i'm about to go yeah. have have uh i might make some sort of like a a spam and egg version of like a um the little lemon hollandaise sauce on it and the egg the poached egg benedict yeah, benedict version yep with spam yes <laughs> i'm excited fucking terrible Fucking terrible. All right, you go do that. I'm going to go find me some tacos and margaritas and maybe sit down and watch The Gentleman and maybe some Bad Boys for Life because I still haven't seen that yet. That's the beauty of the the pass I have. You know? Just spend the whole day. Why not? I would do it if there was a movie theater within a half hour of me, but... uh, I know, you live in the Delaware end. Yeah, there's nothing you can do down there. It's just not a... It's not a, a an accommodating atmosphere for a film fan. Just isn't. All right, I guess we'll see you on episode 174. All right. Peace.